From the woods to the water, from the bucks to the ducks, your weekday foray out of the office begins now on WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Stay tuned as Alan White and Doug Max talk with fishing and hunting pros, share tips and tricks, and discuss Alabama's greatest natural resource, the great outdoors. WNSP Outdoors is brought to you by Andrews Diesel and Automotive, Hall's Sausage and Wholesale Meats, Skinner's Wild Game Processing, Street Seafood and Meat Market, Medicare Insurance Advisors, and Blue Water Yacht Sales. Now, let's head outdoors with Alan White. Good afternoon and welcome into the show. I'm Alan White along with Doug Max. Got a good show lined up for you. We've got all your fishing forecasts for your weekend. And uh, Doug, it's going to rain this afternoon and probably rain tomorrow too, but Saturday and Sunday's looking all right. Yeah, it's actually going to storm, I believe. I, I mean, think? I think a little bit north has got a lot worse weather than <laughs> we're probably going to get around Mobile, but uh, it's going to cool off some. And uh, yeah. The first day or so tomorrow might be tough fishing with the you know north wind and all that, but probably by the end of the weekend it should be just beautiful mm -hmm. weather to be outside. In, in well, we're going to find out what the uh, best plan is for the weekend fishermen with Don Green in just a moment on the Delta. This Delta report is brought to us by Eastern Shore Ace Hardware. It's located on the top of Spanish Ford Hill. Highway 31 in the Spanish Fort Shopping Center. Y'all go see them. They've got everything you need for all your hardware needs. We're going to give away a $20 gift certificate right now to the third caller at 694-1055. Don Green is with us with our Tensile Delta report. How you doing, Don? I'm doing great. How you guys doing today? Man, we're doing good, doing good. So the water's still kind of messed up, ain't it? Yes, it still gives a little bit of a fit. Uh, up at the Tom Bigby right now is 32.2 and rising. The Alabama Claiborne is 34 and rising. <laughs> and Barry, it, it's on savers. It's nine feet and steady, and it's not. Uh, it's not. They don't look like it's gonna go up any time through next week. So, you know, and and uh, really. We're looking at this about the same thing we look at every year this time. A little bit more water than most of us want, but you know that don't mean they not the fish are not biting. I know the uh, bass anglers; they've been more boats out than I've seen this winter, the last few days, and uh, they're doing pretty good. A couple of them caught two four pounders and one a five pounder, so that's good fishing, regardless, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got the tournaments coming up, and they're getting ready for them. Uh, as far as the rest of the fish, the, it's uh, kind of hit and miss. Uh, the first uh, jerk, I put first jerk because I didn't mean to, though. First <laughs> fishermen and brim uh, busters are, are uh, having to get out on the lower delta and getting these creeks and bayous that uh, – they're still clear, and they're doing good. Uh, I had two or three reports from down at Shell and Greenwood Bowls, just below the Chicksaboe. They've been catching a lot of crackers in the uh, brim, mm -hmm. using wigglers. So if you're going down there, get you a few wigglers. Chicksaboe is about the only place 
right now that's uh, that they're catching any crappie worth mentioning, mm-hmm. and that's not a big number. Uh, Seems like they're waiting a low tide to do that and fishing just about on bottom under the treetops to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that water's still good and clear over there. Yeah. And uh, now it's, there's few people been going all the way up above the state park crappie fishing and doing pretty good. So maybe, you know, you're going under the interstate, keep on going for a while. You're up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Catfish are still on a tear because of all that fresh water. Are they up and, in the uh, sloughs right now, out of the river, or what? I didn't hear you. Are the catfish up in the sloughs or in the creeks or out in the river? Okay, the majority of the catfish, believe it or not, are being caught around eddies and things in the river. But it's due, they're due to go into the creeks and things. It's, it's not that far from their spawning. Okay. And they like to get, get up there and get in a good place and... Get them a good a girlfriend and go to it, you know. <laughs> and uh, that should be taking place any time now. In fact, when this river, if it drops, I think that's what you'll see. You know, right now, uh, there's guys catching them on limb line, but there's no size to them in the, in the bayous and creeks. And uh, that's, that's, that's due to change any time. Yeah, those big catfish, you know, when that river gets swift, especially, and and it warms up just a little bit more, they ought to go up into those sloughs, and they'll yeah. be wherever the shad is, I guess. Yeah, they swift. just don't like swift water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, during the fall of the year, just opposite. They love the middle of the river. Hmm. They'll get out there and hit a, hit a lure like a bass wheel in the, in the late fall, but when it gets cold, they want to get up there in that dead water and get them, get them up bank this hollowed out a little bit to get under and just, just lay there. In the fall, they go deep in the river too. They sure do. They're getting those deep holes, and and it's it's unbelievable how they act as far as a catfish. You wouldn't believe it was a catfish hitting a hitting a maybe a mirror lure or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught I've caught a many a big catfish. During the fall of the year, fishing for speckled trout with jigs and, and lures and things like that. And they always big ones. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, Don, I, I'm going to ask you a, a bass fishing question. And, and, and in February and March, you know, when bass start trying to make their way into the shallows, water mm-hmm. temperature is such a key. And I was going to ask you, uh, you know, you mentioned some of the creeks and stuff, that the places that we got some clean water right now, is that water warmer mm-hmm. than the River-influenced water? Usually, yes. If you got a run-through creek, normally no, because it's cold water. You've heard me mention cold water. Those creeks are spring-fed, those long creeks. Mm -hmm. Now, you got to get down to the end of them where they they meander and and, uh, the sides begin to get shallow. That's where you find the bed and fish. They'll come down a lot of times just to get into that. And uh, Bay Manette Basin, oh, that's a great place. Uh, place anything like that. Uh, the old uh, run just below the state park, uh, Blakeney State Park, that runs inside the the bank and goes for about three miles. That's a good place. Any kind of place that that, that doesn't much fresh water run through, mm-hmm. that's where they start uh, ganging up. 
Is that McAvoy or McVeigh? I don't know. Okay, that's below McAvoy. Okay. This is what we call the old river run, oh, and yeah. just about nobody knows this. When you go in, and it's not much wider than the boat, mm-hmm. and then it widens up, and you can go just good fishing for three or four miles. Okay. Hey, hey Don, I, you mentioned Bay Manette Basin. Now, a guy was asking the other day something about, you know, where to go and get to some decent water and, you know. Uh-huh. Where the bass, he might could catch some bass, and I thought about. Yeah. I fished in a bass tournament. It was early in the year. It was the first one of the year, about thirty years ago, and we wasn't doing much. And we got up into Baymanette Basin, and the water was pretty, and there was mm-hmm. some grass. And man, we hammered them. <laughs> well, and I, I never forgot you, that. You know. You you can't find a better place early in the year. I can say it now that I don't fish tournaments anymore, but usually my first two start uh, first two tournaments were fished out of Baymanette Creek. Mm-hmm. Now, the basin itself, you know, usually you can't get as big a fish as you can get in the creek. You can get on up above the bridge, and you'll catch less fish, but they'll be larger. Mm-hmm. You and, and that I... was my honey hole during, mm-hmm. during uh, February and March, back when I fished <laughs> tournaments. You and I had a good day of bass fishing uh, years ago in uh, Mallard Creek. Uh, this time yes, year. we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of those bayous like that, if the water, any time the water is not running over, when it once it stops running over right right this time of year, uh-huh. start fishing those creeks. Get on up in them. They'll clear up in a week. Yeah. And uh, most of your bass from the lower end, that's where they bed, the bigger ones. Well, this is certainly the time, uh, you know, for short line jug fishing for catfish, like yeah. you said. And uh, I guess uh, target the, the the sloughs and the mouth of creeks, or mm-hmm. is, is that's the best strategy. You talking about for catfish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, in fact, if you remember, I wrote a couple articles about going up in those creeks and sloughs. In late February, catching those big monster catfish. We couldn't even put them in a live well. It was a big. But that's what they do. They get up in there, and, and uh, they'll stay up there as soon as they leave those rivers. They'll stay up in there till they find them a good good uh, pocket up under the up under the bank, an old uh, uh, root hole or whatever, and they'll make them a little bed down there. And then finally they get a female, and it's a... Uh, period of a month or more they do that so you got plenty of time to get into those little places i love a dead end slough mm-hmm. uh dead lake for example off of dennis lake that was one of my favorite places for big catfish i'd usually catch two or three a year yeah. out of that place uh, there, uh, there's plenty of those places up there i like a number five circle hook with a twist in it and uh sometimes they even bend it and make it offset yeah, it's a deadly <laughs> That's a deadly way to catch fish. They can't hardly. They they just swim by and get caught. (laughs) All right, Don, I appreciate the report, buddy. Have a great weekend. We're going to be right back with Captain Bobby Abrascado right after this.
High school basketball sub-regional playoff games rolling this week. Hello, this is Pigskin Pete with the Sports Station. Join me along with Brian Gennard Thursday night, 6 p.m. for the Prep Spotlight. We'll check out which boys, girls, teams striving to make it to the Final Four. Plus, we're going to jump ahead, look at spring football as head coach of St. Luke's, Ron Lee, joins us on the show. Prep Spotlight, Thursday night, 6 p.m. right here on WNSP. Brought to you by Edward Jones Investments and BASF. Street Seafood and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanette has a great selection of fresh seafood and meats. Choose from their top cuts of meats or get yours custom cut. Find Street Seafood Restaurant on Facebook for order ahead to go daily buffet specials. A full meal served at the drive up from 10.30 till 3.30. Call 937-4096 and they'll put it together for you. Street's dining room is now open and the banquet room is open for private parties. Street Seafood Restaurant and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanette. Find them on Facebook. Attention hunters, Skinner's Wild Game Processing with locations in Thomasville and Daphne is your number one destination after a successful hunt. Skinner's offers a complete line of meat products custom made to your specifications. So make the most of your harvest this year with superior products from Skinner's Wild Game Processing. Quick, professional service and years of experience servicing hunters. Visit them on Facebook at Skinner's Wild Game Processing for contact information. If you're planning a wedding, after rehearsal, or a corporate event, let Naaman's Catering be part of the plan. Hi, I'm Alec Naaman with Naaman's Catering, and we've been serving the Gulf Coast for over 30 years. I guess you would say we're highly seasoned now. So if you need to plan a special event, our professional event planners have years of experience to help you with all the planning. Call Naaman's Catering at 473-3900 and let Naaman's assist you with all the details. And look us up on the web at Naaman'sCatering.com. Thanks, Gulf Coast, for 30 great years, and may God bless. Uh -oh. The 32nd annual Joe Kane Classic presented by the Bay Area Runners is back. The fun begins Sunday, February 19th at 8 a.m. at Broad Street and Canal. Sign up today for the 5K run or walk, wheelchair race, one-mile fun run, or the ever-popular Moon Pie Dash for the kids. Proceeds from the race help provide financial assistance to the challenged athletic programs in Mobile and Baldwin Counties. After the race, stick around for Mardi Gras' best block party on Augusta Street. Register at events.com, search Joe Kane Classic 5K on Facebook for information. God, I'm so stressed. It's a brand new year and our business is busier than ever. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 35 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Starts at $19.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Visit Uma.com. That's O-O-M-A.com to learn more. Uma. Smart communications for the smarter business. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. I'm Alan White along with Doug Max. We've got Captain Bobby Abscado with us for your inshore report. How you doing, Bobcat? Yeah, I'm good, man. How about y'all? We doing great, man. Waiting on the rain. I'm glad to get off the water before this weather hits. I don't know what time it's supposed to be here. They're showing tonight, but I'll tell you, when I was out in the water earlier, it didn't feel like it was going to be tonight, man. We had uh, some pretty heavy-duty winds, and I kept looking at those clouds. And yeah. luckily, we caught some fish early, and so we decided to wrap it on up a little bit early because it was getting mighty breezy out there. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're being smart. What it sounds like to me, you know. <laughs> it ain't worth that, the that risk. doesn't happen very often you know? for me, Doug. So I have to <laughs> I have to mention it when it does happen. Yeah. You know, hey, you can't be gambling with it. You know, it's not smart. 
No, it's not. Not on that water, man. You know, any time of the year, but especially this time of year, stuff changes so quickly. And um, uh, we, you know, again, we probably could have pushed it, but we caught some fish early. We said, you know what, let's go ahead and end this thing on a good note. But it looks like when this system gets through here, uh, you know, we're going to have at least one day of some blow uh, and, and, of course, a big weather uh, uh uh, temperature change, you know. Um, I don't think it's going to stay cold long enough to really affect this pattern that these fish have gone into. We caught some beautiful fish all week uh, through the weekend and in the uh, early part of this weekend, some really shallow water. And, um, uh, you know, the water temperature is still in the upper 50s, low 60s, depending on where you're at. But, you know, it was surprising to me how active they're staying up in shallow water this early. You know, we're still mid February and it, you know, maybe. Think, thinking this telling us spring, but I mean we're getting ready to go down to about 33 degrees or 35 degrees tonight, uh, tomorrow night, and uh, so it's still not there yet. But the fish seem to be reacting that way, and I saw some fish that we caught. Uh, I don't remember what day it was, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. I was looking at, and some of the fish, the bigger. Uh, female trout we caught i was looking at their bellies they actually had those little spawning rubs on them you know which is kind of odd that they'd be, be starting to kind of do that thing already but it looks like they're almost trying to go into that you know maybe that early spawning deal so i don't know man between all the uh the uh you know the things that the old timers say about the azaleas and the blue the dogwoods and all that other stuff and that's when the trout are biting um which kind of tr- it means they're going into their spawn. Maybe some, maybe there is some truth to that. I don't know. Oh, so yeah, anyway, but it was some some interesting things that I saw this week. And uh, you know, with that again, the, the uh, and I hope we don't get a whole lot of local rain out of this system that's coming through tonight, because again, the tidal rivers are really holding up extremely well. Um, the, the little drizzles and stuff we get get in and out of them pretty quickly so the salinity i mean the uh, clarity and the salinity is, is held up pretty well to where the fish really st- is still staying active you know on the ledges and the channels i mean ledges uh, of the channels and up on the flats versus having to drop down into the to the main rivers to me which is uh that's when it's the hardest to catch them you know so uh anyway keep our fingers crossed we make it through about another few weeks and we'll go into that spring transition or at least starts towards it and um you know starting getting out of the flats at the mouth of the rivers and um you know doing the whole cycle that we usually do i know it was very humid this morning i mean good lord i'm not ready for that hot humid weather yet well don't worry about it go out tomorrow morning that'll tell you it'll be taken care of yeah. i can tell you that or at least by mid-afternoon tomorrow you're gonna you're gonna have some nice dry cold uh blast of winter i think you know the way it's gonna look but you're right it was you know and they were they were forecasting some fog and we didn't we didn't have it this morning. Fortunately, we're fishing one of the rivers where even if it was foggy, uh, I could really see still even see both sides of the bank. But uh, it was certainly was humid. Um, and, you know, I showed up with a sweatshirt and some jeans on, and I, I didn't even have the boat in the water before I had my sweatshirt off today and fishing you know in a long sleeve t-shirt and uh, and jeans. You know, and, and and actually when I finished up today when I was washing the boat, I, I uh, before I even started washing my boat, I switched over to shorts and a t-shirt. So, you know, it, it's trying to maybe act like it's heading towards spring. I still don't quite think we're there yet, but it's maybe not that far away. I see a few azaleas popping out already. I see that, man, azaleas and, and that sort of thing. That's uh, I remember uh, 
one of the guys that I learned a lot of and that caught a lot of big trout. Opie Harrison used to always tell me when it was a blooming, that's when them trout are biting. <laughs> he used to tell me all the time, you know. So I started seeing those azaleas. I think about trout fishing. I think about my old buddy O.P. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bobby, as you well know, with Alan and me, the turkeys tell us when it's getting springtime. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I tell you what, I've never even hunt tur- uh, hunted turkeys, certainly never shot one. I don't think I've ever even seen a live one uh, <laughs> except on TV. And I love turkey hunting season because that's when we go into try- some prime spawn trout season and all you turkey hunters are out in the woods. There you yeah. go. <laughs> We're leaving your trout alone. That's right. We, we wasn't no danger to them anyway. You, me and Alan wasn't much danger to them anyway. <laughs> so we get to where we ain't too much danger to the turkeys either. Oh, huh? <laughs> uh, you guys are being too humble, man. I've seen both of y'all in action. Y'all can catch them. <laughs> Bobby, I appreciate the report, man. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, okay, guys, thanks for having me on. Y'all have a good weekend. Yes, sir. Joe Dunn is with us for, with our report from Miller's Ferry. How you doing, Joe? Doing great, Al. Well, it's springtime, or well, it's fake springtime. It's uh, it's teasing springtime <laughs> a little bit. So we've been talking about springtime fishing anyway. So what's Miller's Ferry? conditions right now uh the river is still up a little bit trashy and uh we got a big rain coming in here tonight this afternoon and tonight and don't know what that's going to do i hope not too much but most of the major sloughs were still uh they look good right now i was over fishing uh first part of the week but the river was up a lot of trash uh but the uh, uh, sloughs look real good. Mm. Well, when I think of those sloughs, I always think about catfishing with the with the jugs and all that this time of year. This is the time they'll be backed up in there, right up there. Oh yeah, we got a uh, uh, we're putting on a jugging tournament actually this weekend, be the eighteenth, uh, and uh, the conditions are all right for that. We've been. Looking to that, a lot of guys been going, getting ready for it. Uh, uh, you know, put, you know, get some fresh cut shad or skipjack and uh, put them on a, about a two foot line on your Coke bottle or Gatorade jug, and uh, they'll they 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 doing that thing right now. We're gonna have a little wind Saturday, and uh, just what I always like to do is take my phone and use a the uh, an app where you could take a look at the lake see which way the wind's coming from get on that side of the slough you know and put your jugs that way the wind blow them all the way across the slough and fish instead of uh putting your jugs on the side where the wind is blowing to where those jugs are just going to go straight to the bank and you're not going to get anything out as much fishing time out of them that way that's right uh, And, and there's a there's a little bit of an art to making a jug fishing line that will go slowly across that slough instead of whipping across there too fast, too, isn't it? That's right. That's why I, I, I like the bottles yeah. better than the than the noodle. The noodle floats up real high, right? And it depends on what size you get, catches out a lot of wind, just sort of like a, a sailboat, you know, mm-hmm. and it'll fly through there real quick. And it depends on how much weight I use at least. Uh, ounce to ounce and a half of lead to hold it down, and the bottles will turn nose in into the wind and doesn't fish as fast. But those bigger noodles 
yeah, that, they'll go through there pretty quick. Now, isn't it true that you can also slow the noodles down if you use some PVC pipe through the middle of them? Yes, and I, I, I rigged some jugs with the noodles and PVC pipe, but I, I use more of those, which you could use them either way. And uh, I know i got a good friend, old Big Daddy. What he does, he likes to use that uh, with the PVC pipe, and he has a uh, swivel clip where you can clip into it mm-hmm. and use a two-foot line in the spring, and then he can take that two-foot line off when he gets ready for the hot summertime long line jugging. Yeah. Then he can put his 30-foot lines on there then okay. and utilize that same jug, uh, you know, both ways and not have to rig up two completely different sets. Yeah. Sounds like it's really not his first rodeo. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a smart way to do yeah. it uh, because those well, jugs, you, you know, that... It's a lot of expense in there, mm, you know. Yeah. And now uh, you paint the inside of your... Coke bottles and Gatorade bottles instead of the outside to keep the paint from flaking off in your boat and all of that, right? Yeah, it makes a mess, and that's when I learned I said, foot. <laughs> I can paint the inside of that thing just as good as I can the outside, so I started to paint the inside. That's a really cool And I uh, didn't have no mess in my boat. That, yeah. Good tips. Y'all are full of all kind of good tips. Yeah. Well, this weekend's jugging tournament, Miller's Ferry, is $25 per person. And uh, kids and yeah. adults, uh, kids are free. Uh, start out Saturday morning at daylight and fish till about two o'clock, and it's not too late to sign up. So thank you, Joe. Appreciate your help, buddy. I appreciate that. All right, we'll be right back. We'll be going talking about small game hunting and some other things coming up right after this. Get ready for a new way to stay updated on all your favorite sports and teams. WNSP is launching WNSP Now, our new online podcast platform. With WNSP Now, you'll have access to all your favorite WNSP shows on demand. We'll also be introducing online exclusive shows on the NBA, NFL, and MLB. Search for WNSP Now on your favorite podcast platform. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on all the exciting new programming WNSP has in store. It's time to prep your boat and motor for the colder weather, and Blue Water Yacht Sales can help with a free 12-point inspection of your boat, motor, and trailer. Blue Water is now a full-line Yamaha outboard dealer and a five-star gold service facility with a Yamaha Master Tech on hand. And now is the time to start looking for that new boat you've been dreaming about. Blue Water carries a full assortment of inshore and offshore models from Pioneer, Bulls Bay, Avenger, Jupiter Marine, and Regulator. Inshore for the Reds or offshore for the Blues, Blue Water has you covered. Visit bluewateryachtsales.net. Are you over or approaching 65, working and trying to figure out if getting on Medicare is the right choice? If you're confused with your current Medicare coverage and want to talk to somebody local, Aiden Marks at Medicare Insurance Advisors is an independent agent that has been helping folks with their Medicare since 2009. Aiden has helped hundreds of individuals in Mobile and Baldwin County, located on Highway 98 in Daphne near Terry Thompson, and there's never a fee for his service. Call 251-463-0031 or visit medicareinsurance-advisors.com. 
With shutdown season here, keep the name Shipyard Supply close at hand. Shipyard Supply can provide temporary air conditioning ducting as well as blower tubing and power cables for industrial-sized generators for quick repairs or complete replacement. Shipyard Supply also carries thousands of safety supplies for everyday on-the-job personnel protection, along with all types of suction and discharge hoses for contractors and industrial applications. Shipyard Supply, 5495 East Wright Road in Theodore. Call 653-4334 or visit shipyardsupplyinc.com. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need some more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. What we want is beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. It's not shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four great flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. Doug and I want to give away some free ribeye steaks right now from our friends at Street Seafood and Meat Market, located on Highway 31 in Baymanette, Alabama, right across the little road from Street's Restaurant. Everybody knows where Street's Restaurant is in Baymanette. Yeah, if they don't, they need to find it. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Okay, we'll take the third caller. 694-1055 to Ribeye Steaks. Alright, well, uh, right now, you know, deer season is the big thing in Alabama. Everybody deer hunts and talks about it all the time, and we do too. But when deer season's over, there is still some hunting left to do. Yeah, there is. Uh, and uh, and I, a lot of times, I think it used to always go to the end of February. And, and I'm not sure if any of this goes into March anymore. We, we probably need to look that up and, and see exactly when these seasons end. But uh, small game hunting, whether you're hunting for squirrels with a dog or whether you're rabbit hunting or quail hunting or what, whatever it is that, that people like to do, Every bit of it is a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and a, and a lot of people that like to hunt with dogs. Some of the, you know, some of the same people that want to deer hunt with dogs. They like to hunt other stuff with dogs. But whether you, that's your style of deer hunting or not. If you can get out there with a pack of beagles and and hunt rabbits, or if you can get out there with a good squirrel dog somewhere, <laughs> man, it's a blast. March fifth is the last day for squirrels and rabbits. Yeah, I thought it went a little bit into March. I'm glad you looked that yeah. up. And there, you know, there's opportunities for deer hunters and turkey hunters. If you're going to get out in the woods and scout for turkeys, now's the time to do it. That's right. You went the other day, found some fresh scratching, yep. uh, and uh, so you know, finding fresh scratchings just and and you know, all of that signs that we look for where turkeys are using the woods in that area is just as good as seeing turkeys. It is. I, it, my daddy told me something one time about that. I was finding some scratching, but 
And I was always hoping I'd see some turkeys, you know. And uh -huh. my daddy told me one day, he said, seeing that fresh scratching is maybe even better than seeing the turkeys. <laughs> he said, because there's a good chance if you saw those turkeys, they might have saw you. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. said, well, when you're seeing where they've been without them seeing you, he said, that's maybe even better. It yeah. probably is. But uh, my point was, you, while you're out there scouting for turkeys and next year's deer season, this is a great time Absolutely it to, is. to scout for, you know, we've been talking for weeks about rubs and scrapes, and this is the time to see them. The, the woods are fairly opened up right now. You can see a long ways through the woods longer, uh, further than you can any other time of the year. So you can scout for next year's deer season, maybe find you a real good place to kill a big buck next year well it's interesting you said that because when i was out this was yesterday morning when i was out turkey scouting man i saw some major buck activity really <laughs> yeah yeah there have been some big ones coming through there mm -hmm. right where i was at so mm -hmm. i mean it was a dead giveaway where, where it would be a good place to deer hunt next year well know? i'm i'm planning on taking the weekend and uh walking through my hunting land and you know going along the sides of the creeks up mm -hmm. a little bit up on the hill and just watching for deer trails you can see them really good this time of year and you know find some big rubs and scrapes and you know maybe hang some stands before next season and and try to catch one of those big bucks walking down you the know, trail you know there's plenty of things you can do you know mm -hmm. we're, we're in between season we're between deer season and turkey season and yeah. and what like say whether it's hunting whether it's small game hunting or doing some of the things you're talking about I know you were saying something about this morning. It was hot and humid, and, and it was. But normally this time of the year, you can go and, and mm -hmm. you can do all kind of work in the woods. You can walk in the woods, and the weather's just fine for that. Yeah. You know, you're not burning up and you're not freezing. That's way. right. Most yeah. of the days that are sunny this time of year are not this hot and humid. That's so right. So it's very pleasant to be in the woods. That's right. But squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting and just small game hunting in general – Right now, it's the perfect time to introduce a child to the woods and yeah. to and to our, our, you know, our hunting tradition. Yeah, you know, it, it, we've talked about that before. T too many people, they want to get their kid out and teach them to hunt. You know, and, and hey, we all want our kids or grandkids. We want them to be out there hunting with us. We, you know, that somebody took us, and we want to take somebody else. You right. know, and introduce them. But it's not so much fun for a kid, whether sitting in a shooting house or sitting out in the open in a deer stand, freezing their tail off. You know, they're not into that. <laughs> well, they'll be on their phone if they're sitting on the exactly. you know, in a shooting house. They'll be playing a game, and they won't be learning anything much. That's about right. They not learn nothing about the woods. No woodsmanship you know? skills. Right. Uh, you know, when you're walking and easing through the woods, squirrel hunting, which I like to spot and stalk and sit. I, sometimes I'll just sit in a nice place for 15 minutes mm -hmm. and just be real still, and squirrels will come out from their hiding spots, yeah. you know, and you kill one. But uh, kids will, you know, as you're going through the woods, you're seeing all kind of interesting things if you're looking for them to show right. a child. You know, maybe a mushroom growing on the That's side right. of a tree or something simple. Or like I, like I was talking about what I saw yesterday, you Let's say you're out there squirrel hunting with your kid. Will you show them where the deer been rubbing on the yeah, tree or, or scrape? I mean, they see what all that looks like. They can't see that from the shooting house. <laughs> you know, they don't know what all that is unless somebody takes the time to show them. And uh, and another thing, I, you you were talking about that. I remember with my dad when I was a kid, and 
as we were going through the woods, he'd show me, well, this is what this kind of tree looks like, and that's what this other, you know. And you would just learn by the bark of the tree, mm -hmm. you know, before long you had it figured out. That, mm -hmm. Hey, this is a hickory tree, and this is a, a post oak, and this is a water oak, and each one has yeah. its place. And the older you get and the more you hunt, you learn, you know, those trees matter. And those kids, you know, if there was anything like me, I wanted to be the Indian That's right. and the Daniel Boone when I was little. That's right. And if I'd have had somebody to mentor me and show me how to read signs when I was 8, 10 years old or whatever, man, I would have thought I was, was the king of the world because I knew how to do that. But I didn't learn that till I was yeah. a teenager. Well, let me tell you, you weren't the only kid like that. I, I actually had a man did a eulogy at my dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. And this man lived to be 90-something years old. But, but he was talking about when him and my dad were kids and they would be in the woods and my dad was telling him all these same trees and yeah. all of that. Well, he learned that from his dad. <laughs> and, and, hey, it interested my dad, obviously, and then it interested me. And, you, hey, it'll interest your kid and it'll interest your grandkid if you'll just get out yeah. there and do it. And talking about identifying trees, we, I'm still learning how to do that. You know, we, we just keep learning new things all the time as long as we're living, That's I right. think. But uh, <clears throat> it's interesting. They have apps now where you can actually take a picture on your phone of the bark or the leaves of a tree, and it'll tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. So that'll help you learn to identify trees. All kind of, not just trees, but all kind of other bushes and plants. Yeah. They have apps for that. So that's, that's good. I wish we would have... Uh, you know, had more training. I wish I would have had more training like you did when I was a, a kid. That would have just made all those times when I went hunting by myself that much more fun and interesting. It would have made it a little easier, too, because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know you're a self-made turkey hunter. Yeah. And there's not that many of those. Usually somebody, whoever turkey hunts, usually had somebody to kind of help them along. Yeah. And, uh, and it's difficult even doing that. But, man, I had I got respect for you. For being able to teach yourself to turkey hunt, you know, it way was, beyond myself. but It was hard. I, you know, I didn't have any resources back then. No. The, the only resource I could find was a cassette tape that, mm -hmm. that had the, some techniques and, and old books, you know, that I could find at the library about turkey hunting. Yeah. And uh, I would pick up some tips like that. So you couldn't watch YouTube, could you? No, <laughs> no, we didn't have uh, internet back then. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, uh, like I say, what what we're really trying to say is for all you people out there that's got kids and grandkids, and, and you want to keep them introducing them to the outdoors. And hey, and if you took them out deer hunting, that's great. Maybe they had some luck doing that too. Mm -hmm. They'll have a whole lot more fun doing this kind of hunting. Yeah. And, and we don't hear a lot about rabbit hunting, you know, but that, that's a blast. If you know somebody that yeah, does it and, that and is they've fun. told you, hey, come along with us sometime. Mm -hmm. Hey, pick up a phone and call them because yeah. you'll have a, a time of your life out there. Yeah, it's a, if there's plenty of rabbits and good dogs and some open ground where you can see them. That's right. You know, in Baldwin County, it's hard to find open ground anymore, <laughs> but up in Monroe County, you know. Well, there's well this is the time of year that you're going to find it. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's yeah. right. You're not going to find it that much out there. People out there trying to do it in October and November, it's still thick. You know? <laughs> You're right about that. Jason Domang is going to be with us after the break, so you want to stick around and find out what he's up to and some crappie fishing tips. So we'll be right back after this. 
the NASCAR Cup Series. Kyle Larson from the outside lane crosses the start-finish line. 2023 season gets underway in Daytona. Denny Hamlin gets turned and they're wanting it up in the back of the pack. For the great American race. And at age 23, Austin Sendrick has scored the Daytona 500 win. It's the Daytona 500. Full coverage begins at 12.30 Sunday, only here on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Attention hunters, Skinner's Wild Game Processing with locations in Thomasville and Daphne is your number one destination after a successful hunt. Skinner's offers a complete line of meat products custom made to your specifications. So make the most of your harvest this year with superior products from Skinner's Wild Game Processing. Quick, professional service and years of experience servicing hunters. Visit them on Facebook at Skinner's Wild Game Processing for contact information. If you're looking for a one-stop shop for all your business technology needs, look to JMF Solutions. The JMF Solutions team of experts will work with you to create a personalized solution that meets the specific needs of your business, whether it's internet, cloud, phone, or security. With JMF Solutions complimentary services, you'll have everything you need to succeed. Trust JMF Solutions to handle all your technology needs so you can focus on running your business. Visit jmfsolutions.net or call 877-404-4717. That's jmfsolutions.net. Andrews Diesel and Automotive on Highway 31 in Spanish Fort is expanding, and they're looking for two technicians with big truck and or equipment experience to join their family of top professionals. Andrews Diesel and Automotive offers excellent pay, vacation, sick days, retirement, insurance, and paid holidays. Apply at 11349 Highway 181 in Spanish Fort or call 591-1596 to set up an interview. Andrews Diesel and Automotive, an equal opportunity employer. It's easy to think all money managers are pretty much the same, but at Fisher Investments, we're clearly different. Different? How? You sell high commission investment products, right? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission-based investment products. Well, you must earn commissions on trades. Nope. Never at Fisher. We're a fiduciary obligated to act in our client's best interest. It's the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. How do you know what's in their best interest? We get to know our clients and then tailor a portfolio based on their goals and needs. But you probably sneak in some hidden and layered fees. No. We have one transparent management fee, structured so we do better when our clients do better. Wow, you really do look out for your clients. That's because our top priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. It might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments and securities involve the risk of loss. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. One of my good friends is a professional crappie fisherman, and he also has started making his own personal line of jigs for crappie fishing called Delta Jig Company, and he's with us right now. Jason Domang, how you doing, man? Hey, Alan, man. Doing great, buddy. How you been? Hey, we're doing great, doing great. How's the jig tying going? I know every time I talk to you, you're tying jigs or either some fishing some tournament, buddy. Man, it's, it's, the jig business is picking up. Uh, I've three hunters in the past two and a half days. Matter of fact, I just dropped off an order, and I'm heading to the post office right now to go mail out some more. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, if, if I'm on speakerphone, take me off. It's a little bit uh, wind noise or something there. But hey, right, give me one second. Is that better? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, sir. Well, so what's the next tournament you're going to? And I have some other questions after you tell me what that is. Man, I was going to pack up and head to Grenada this weekend, but the weather, uh, it was, I was going to fish ACT this weekend, but the weather just wasn't looking right. And so my next tournament on the books is uh, Alabama Crappie Masters, the state trail. It's on uh, Lake Pickwick, Wilson. So you can fish either Pickwick or Wilson for the tournament. Uh, man, I tell you, uh, Mr. Keith Cole and Wesley Cole, they've done a great job with the tournament trail and the Speaks volumes for in the last two tournaments, man. We've had just god awful weather, hmm. and uh, man, still had twenty eight boats show up for both tournaments. Hmm. Huh. Does that go out of Florence? Is that where y'all would be launching, or where? Yes. Uh, so we'll actually be, be launching on the Muscle Shoals Muscle Shoal side. Okay. And uh, I'm excited. I've never even set a toe in Pickwick, so I'm excited. I love fishing new water. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh... Let me ask you something about our local waters here, like the Mobile Tensaw Delta that a lot of people fish for crappie in from Mobile and Baldwin County. When are those fish going to be bedding and going up on the banks? So the rule of thumb is when the water temperatures reach between 58 and 62 degrees. Okay. Um, your blackfish, so your black crappie, they'll be the first to push up, and white crappie will be the the second wave to push up. So the guys fishing boat yards, three rivers, stuff like that, when they really want to fish those white crappie, those will be the last fish to start spawning. Mm -hmm. um, like right now, we're dealing with high water conditions, and if you start seeing that 58, 59-degree water temperature, those fish are already starting to stage up and make their push. Mm -hmm. So they could be up in the trees. How long, bef um, how long before, prior to the bedding time, do they stage up, and where can you catch them during that time? So, usually at about 56 degrees, 55 degrees, those fish will start staging up on timber, uh, stumps on drop-offs, stuff like that. But the key is to start finding that bait because they're going to be in that pre-spawn mode, and they're going to be fattening up. They're going to be really eating putting on body weight because those fish lose a lot of weight during the spawn because, I mean, they're just so active and uh, the males are guarding the beds. The females are it's still the, the final stage of developing eggs, and then when they drop their eggs, it takes a lot out of them. Mm -hmm. Are you so, you're talking? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. So any kind of brush near areas that are sandy, gravelly bottoms. Now, a lot of these fish, now everybody says, oh, they're going to move up to two, three foot of water. Man, I've seen crappie, two crappie sitting on a stump in 15 foot of water, and you can sit there and watch them, and you can see a male actually garden. Mm -hmm. So they don't always move up into two, three foot of water. That's right. Like we thought. LiveScope's actually shown us that. <laughs> well, you answered the question I was just fixing to ask you. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you where I found them, and just so people can look for this. If there's riprap on the bank, they love to get up on that riprap and lay eggs for some reason, huh. and uh, they'll be they'll be shallow, you know, uh -huh. when they on there. At least that's been my experience. And uh, you can uh, you can just about see them. I mean, in, yeah, yeah. Like uh, prime example, last year I was fishing Lake Eufaula, and it was an April tournament, and 
I pulled up beside a floating dock in 20 foot of water, and there was a piece of rope hanging out about two foot under the surface. And there was two crappie laid up on that rope, and you could see where that female had laid her eggs on that rope two mm. foot below the surface in 20 foot of water. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I saw them on a dam in a big lake one time, spawning on a, a riprap, you know, they would try to get up yep. in between the rocks. They'd try to swim, you know, up on the in the rocks. They obviously so, like the rocks. Yeah, they they want to get as far up in there as they can and lay them eggs, I guess. But they would they yeah. would kind of swim they get up. Out of that current and that edge, and it's just a good place to where those eggs just don't get washed away. Mm-hmm. Now I know there's riprap along the Alabama River in different spots. I've never fished that, but I imagine it'd be a good spot to try. Also, in the Delta, we have so many cypress trees, and the roots are in the water. And I found yeah. lots of spawning crappies in the roots around those little shallow roots. You know, there'd be two foot of water there. And it's a technique that you have to learn to catch them up under the tree limbs yeah. like that. And you're going to get hung yeah. up a lot. But, man, it's fun. You are going to get hung up a lot doing it. And I tell everybody, if you try to break your line, break the limb on a cypress tree, you might as well give up and just go ahead and break your line off and get a couple of rats. That's but, right. man, yeah, those crappies. If you catch a fish off of one side, be sure to fish the other side. Be sure to fish that tree 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be two, three, four sets of bed and fish on that tree. And one of my favorite things to do is, man, I'll turn the live scope off when I know they're up there, mm-hmm. and I'll get me a small float to where it just holds my jig up, and I'll set it just about a six inches to a foot off the bottom, and... Man, I'll just work around those trees and not, something about it. It brings the kid out in me, and <laughs> I love watching that court go down. Huh. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you this. Uh, you know, a lot of time with the wintertime crappie, you know, so many people use minnows and stuff, but as this water warms up, and I don't know what temps you're, you're exactly, you, you would know more than me, but it seems like the artificials just get a lot more effective as that water warms up. Is, is that what you find? They do not. Me, like I said, I, y'all know I use live scope. Um, only time I bring minnows with me is usually on the day of the tournament, and that's just in case I can't get a big fish to bite. I'm almost 100% exclusive on artificials. Mm-hmm. Um, but minnows, I mean, during the so starting in the winter time, I mean, some of those fish they just really got to look at a bait, and the minnow just seems to kick them off. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, you and Dill, they all spider rig they single pole but man they always have minnows on the boat just in case so it never hurts to have minnows on the boat whether it's summertime fall winter or spring because that minnow just might be that thing and the difference between having 10 fish in the boat and having your 30 fish in the boat Mm -hmm. could be well your jig company is fairly new so do you have a website yet I'm actually got a meeting this afternoon uh, with our website designer. Okay. And we hopefully we'll have it up in a week or two. Okay. Or however long it takes him. I mean, it might take him three weeks. Um, but we're going to start working on it this week. Uh, everybody can find me on Facebook. It's Delta Jig Co. on Facebook. Okay. Uh, started a YouTube channel, same name, Delta Jig Co. And um, I'm going to start doing some how-to videos on on the jigs and how I fish and how I use live scope. Hopefully I can get Alan out there and 
do a little video and let him play with live scope a little bit. I'd love that. <laughs> Anytime I can go crappie fishing with somebody that knows how to catch them, I'll go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, hey, don't uh, let him fool you. Bobby Abrascato said something earlier today. He 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 knows how to catch crappie, but but hey, he, he can learn some tips from you. I'm sure that'll help him. But. Man, I I don't know if I can teach Bobby too much. Man, Bobby is the goat around here. And <laughs> anytime I'm around Bobby, I love listening to him and talking to him. And one of the things that I really love talking to him about is tournament fishing. That's right. Um, that guy's been tournament fishing since. I was knee-high to a grasshopper, and last time it was for the Winter Classic that uh, Patrick Garmison put on, Yeah, and I got to talking to him, and man, and we He's... talk about it, man, anybody can go out and win one of these one-day tournaments, because yeah. somebody's going to look up and catch that one good kicker fish, or have two fish out of a good school, and we started talking on how hard it is fishing these two- and three-day tournaments, because then you got to start managing your fish, and you really have to be consistent. And he, we, I started just picking his brain on how he stayed consistent. And it's two totally different fisheries we're fishing. But, man, I just was picking up a wealth of knowledge from Bobby. And mm -hmm. I've looked up to him. I remember back in the day, whenever they did the news article in the newspaper every Thursday, when I first started speckled trout fishing, that was the first thing I went to in the newspaper <laughs> was reading what Bobby was doing and what his report was. That's right. That's right. Well, he's full of knowledge about the, our waters and our fishery you know he's, he's just very knowledgeable about everything and he knows how to catch fish hey jason i appreciate you being with us today and uh i, I wish hey. you the best hey guys man i always love being on the show and i love talking to y'all hopefully we can get y'all both on the boat and we'll go fishing sounds good thank yeah. you sir yeah thank you jason Let's give away some Hall sausage before we go. Third caller, 694-1055, gets a five-pound pork sausage variety pack. We'll see you next week right here on WNSP Outdoors.